Salutations! And welcome to the 60th episode of the In The House podcast, the official podcast of Scouts' House Supporters Group, which is an official supporters group of Louisville City Football Club. I am your host, Evan Floyd. I am... uh, I'm juiced up to be here today. I am juiced. Like steroids? Yeah, just like that. I I shot up on my way over, and I am ready to rock. Don't do drugs, kids. Uh, We got uh, a a quiet-ish show for you tonight. Just Andy and I hanging out. Uh, We're going to have some uh, conversation about Indy 11, the upcoming Lippa Mm -hmm. FC that will be occurring this Saturday. The Lipafk, if you will. Uh, we'll also be discussing the 1-1 draw against Charlotte from this past weekend and uh, any other news, notes, or things that happen to come to mind Steph. while we're here. Uh, but for us to have those types of conversation, I would need somebody to converse with. And I can think of no one better suited to that than my partner, who tonight is coming to you live from base camp of the Dawn Wall at El Capitan in Yosemite, about to make his ascent. Andy Frederick, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Andy, woo! I'm, I don't think I'm going to do the ascent. You don't think I'm you're looking at it. it. I'm looking at it. That looks tough. Yeah, it, I've heard that it's not an easy one. It looks tough. I think I'm just going to hang out, Yeah. have a beer. Nice. Cheer and on those yeah, who are yeah, making the yeah. ascent. Emotional support for the people who are going to do it. Absolutely. I understand. There is so much content right now on uh, Netflix and Amazon there really about is. about El Capitan. Yeah. And it's almost all good. Like, it's almost all interesting and fascinating stuff that makes me go, you know, if I really got my life in order and I decided I was going to, no, there's no chance I could ever climb that thing. No. Uh, but you know, it, it does make me happy for the human race that there are people who can more and more people who can. Do you see the thing about, um, um, what's the big one? What's the biggest one? That is the biggest one. El Cap. El Cap. No, the, the, the one that everybody always climbs. People die climbing, climbing all the time. The cold one. Oh, I know which one you're talking about, but I don't know. Off the top of my head. Um, I don't know, but like they're having a problem with human poop up there. Are you talking about Everest? Yeah. Okay, see, I'm just talking about rock climbing, not mountain climbing. No, 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 no. Mountain climbing. Yeah, no, I believe that. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, all these documentaries are just showing people that they can do it. And then they try to climb it. They poop all over the place. Well, because you do. And then they die. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. I I don't root for people to die. I don't either. So Uh, I'm saying chill out. The the one that had uh, the guy, Alex Honnold... Who did the free solo yeah. of El Cap? Ooh. That one makes my palms sweaty. You can't do it. It makes my palms sweaty. I, I watched the trailer and I was like, I'm not ever gonna watch yeah. this. Just a guy, no big deal, climbing thousands of feet straight no up. No rope. No rope. Nothing. No nothing. And it's a climb that like for decades people couldn't make with a rope. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, Oh yeah, no big deal. And he just scampers right on up it. And then there's the Dawn Wall one, which yeah. is about the first... Which uh, is the one I'm sitting at. Yeah, yeah. which you're excited about. Uh, Valley Uprising, about uh, the history of climbing in Yosemite Valley. There's a lot of good stuff out there about all this right now. I, uh, I went through a little binge hole on it okay. a couple of weeks ago. Do you, think, do you think it's going to take off more now that we know Netflix is going to take off The Office? That's a bummer. That's what? a bummer. 
I mean, uh, Netflix, knowing do, but... knowing that that is happening is unfortunate, but it is still like a year and a half away. Still. So you've got if you haven't watched The Office three or four times yet, you've gotten to you've got between now and the end of like uh, summer twenty twenty one to get it knocked out. That's one of the ones that every time I play, I'll go through it and finish it. Yeah. Just and just start it again. <laughs> Just watch it through again. Well, everybody's got the shows that they can do that with. Yeah. Now, for me, it's uh, it's The Office is one of them. Parks and Rec is another one that I can just watch any episode of any yeah. season and be happy. And uh, I'm my, my wife and I are big fans of New Girl, which uh, mm. also is of that same ilk. So it's, uh, you know. This is now officially the longest we've ever it. gone into a podcast without really without talking about almost soccer. Almost five minutes. Almost five minutes with no Louisville City FC right. talk. I did give the score of last week's game, so, you know. Yeah. We're, that we're good. Let's just keep talking about The Office. <laughs> That's um, it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> so, all right, we will actually talk about the team, uh, but for us to decide that, we're going to need somebody to flip a coin. I believe it is Andy's turn oh, to do yeah. the honors. Oh, yeah. Are we going to do a review or a preview? Here comes the flip. Hey, it's Tails. Nice. I like Tails. So Tails means we're going to do a game review, review. first. Yeah. And uh, tonight's game review will be about Charlotte Independence yeah. from uh, this past Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, after like three or four days of just torrential downpours... And then it rained all morning, yeah. and it was just, oh, we're going to have another one. It was a gorgeous night. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was thick. It was, like it was, it was <laughs> muggy. It was a bit muggy. It was the Louisville muggy. Yeah, it was like breathing through a wet scarf, yeah. but but ultimately very nice weather yeah. for, uh, for taking in a game. Uh, we got off to a abysmal start. I believe is the only way to phrase that. We we controlled the ball for the first like 14 minutes, and the first time Charlotte actually had the ball for any possession, mm-hmm. not just a pass or a clearance or you know trying to hold up play. The first time they actually possessed the ball, they drove right down the field and yeah, scored. Yeah, that was frustrating. Uh, they cut through us just like we didn't exist. Uh, real tough defense on that play. There were some grumbling when that happened. There were some grumblings about Hubbard. I don't think you can blame them for that one. No, I felt like uh, if the grumblings should have existed, they should have existed for the back line. Yeah. Now, it's an unusual back line with Paco being out uh, So and Sean Francis being out. Was that out. still for yellow card accumulation? Yes, or, okay. that was for yellow card accumulation. So because of that, we had a back line that went uh, Oscar, Tosh, Pay, and... Uh, I'm sorry, Oscar, Tosh, Alexi, Pay. And that's the first time that back four had played together yeah. in that particular unit, and it didn't look strong. It wasn't uh, wasn't a great wasn't a great showing from those four. No, uh, especially in that instance where they just clotheslined right through us. We had a lot of the ball in this game. We had our opportunities in this game. Yeah. Uh, couldn't convert, which is starting to turn into a bit of a tale for this team. Yeah, there was a lot of weird passing decisions, too. Yeah. It looked like they had a little bit of communication issues to who wanted it where. and Yeah, a bunch of passes that you just thought, Oh well, that's ob- oh. Why is that out of bounds? Yeah. Like uh, so, somebody didn't make a run, or somebody just forgot how to pass the ball straight. Yeah. Like stuff like that. It was irritating. 
It was very easy. Uh, you know, I stand uh, in front of the goal we are attacking. Whichever goal we're attacking, I stand on that side of the field. Yeah. And uh, so in the first half, standing in front of the Cooper's end, there were there was there was grumbling not about anything in particular, just sort of a growing sense of frustration. Yeah. Uh, you know, it wasn't a good first half. There was a bit of, a, and there was a bit of a. There was like about a minute and a half of just, not even a minute and a half. Very few seconds of of a, a melee in front of their goal where yes. you had to think like. Put it in. You're yeah. a foot away from the goal line. Yeah, there were a couple of opportunities where it seemed like surely one's about to pop in, and it just never quite did. Almost by accident. Like, if you just stepped on the ball wrong, it would go in. Yeah, and and it, we haven't seemed to catch any of those breaks this year. No. Uh, maybe we have, but it just doesn't feel uh, that way. We got way. something from GD4 in the U.S. Open Cup. Okay, okay. But, oh, but I mean, even then, he had done the solid great work yeah. to beat the guy yeah. on the end line and then just sort of fought through a defender that he'd done all the hard work i'm waiting for one of those times when we do we're when we just sort of take a chance on something being thrown in and it takes a good bounce for us and goes in yeah we had several where deflections came off and they were a foot wide of a runner where we had passes coming in that were a half second earlier a half second late and if you're a half second early or late in the box, then you're you're a, mi- a thousand miles away. It doesn't yeah. matter. And uh, we had a lot of that. And so it was a frustrating first half. Go into halftime down 1-0. Uh, it didn't feel good. It was not amongst our team's better performances. Second half comes out, and frankly, I thought we weren't playing particularly well for the first half of the second half mm-hmm. either. Uh, we make the substitutions, though, around the 65th, 70th minute. Pretty simple uh, You bring us, in yeah. Sonny Johnny. You bring in Luke Spencer. Uh, you bring in uh, Napo Matoso. Napa. And I thought that there was a nice change in the demeanor of the team at that point. I thought we looked faster and angrier. I think Napo specifically has gotten to a point where he's bringing that kind of hunt. Like, he... he you see an effect. You're starting to see more of an effect that he has when he comes on. Yeah. Well, one of the things about this particular game is you have Niall playing centrally for a good chunk of this game with speed with Paolo. Yeah. And with Paolo coming back from the injury and Niall being who Niall is, you're lacking that hounding speed in the midfield. Uh, and I thought when Napo came on that that flopped around for us a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I was really pleased with what Napo brought. I'll be interested to see when Speedy Williams gets back. Uh, I have continuously and will continue to say that, uh, to me, this season doesn't really start until Sean and Speedy get back with uh, Brian and Paolo and Luke all healthy now yeah. and in the mix, yeah. with Lucky and Magnus having nice little seasons. Uh, so to me, we don't really know what we are until you get those two back. Because Taylor Pay, while he is showing great athleticism and intrigue, there's not a lot of consistency from him no. playing out on the wing. And but it's honestly, consistency that comes with playing. Maybe, maybe. So may, we may look back on this and go, thank God he got to play those four games in the middle of the year. But uh, the, frankly, I haven't thought that Taylor's play... Taylor's play. Taylor's play <laughs> has been the problem out on the wing. It's I think that uh, George Davis the fourth is having to come back and cover for him a lot. Yeah. So you're seeing you're not getting to see George get out into space 
And when George has to sort of play as an actual midfielder and not as a winger, I think that you lose a lot of what makes George good, which is the the quick decision. Not the quick feet, the right. quick decision about where to go with the ball yeah. out on the wing. And uh, he's having to sort of drift further back to make sure that Taylor is covered. And that's, that's somewhere you lose Kyle Smith. Yeah. Is uh, Nobody ever worried about whether or not Kyle Smith was going to cover his spot. And so Ownby, Illich, uh, Ballard, K, I mean, go back as far as you want. With Kyle Smith playing in that spot, you never had to worry about your wings drifting back to the ball. They got right. to play forward. And uh, we haven't had that this year. And so George has, I think, taken the brunt of that mm-hmm. with, with his performance this year. He's not playing badly. He's just not getting a chance to do what he's best at. Right. Uh, but you bring on the three subs, and I thought immediately the pace of play in the game changed. Uh, Luke, for 20 minutes, looked fast. Like yeah, it, was, he did. it was interesting. I mean, that's still not the word he I did. think of when I think of Luke, but he looked explosive, I think, is maybe the better term. I think you're starting to see more and more of his power come back. I mean, yeah. Luke has always been just a sheer, like, just a, a physical force on the field. You yeah. Know what I mean, anybody who's covering him is struggling. Yeah. Um, and I think we're starting to see more and more of that. And then uh, Sonny, to me, is sort of a bull in a china shop. Watching him out there, I'm not entirely positive he fully grasps what the team concept is. Mm-hmm. Not the concept of team. I'm not saying he doesn't pass or that he's selfish or anything like that. <laughs> what but, are you guys doing out here? <laughs> yeah, this is my ball. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, though, that sometimes I don't think that he's fully indoctrinated into the game plan. And I don't know if that's being a young professional. I don't know if that's not getting the minutes to really feel comfortable. I, I don't know what the cause of that is. But when he's out there, he just looks like he wants to destroy stuff. He goes after the ball. He goes after players. He's just running, yeah. uh, which looks exhausting. But yeah. it also, I thought, opened some stuff up. He had a couple of bad touches that I thought if he if it had been a better touch, he might have had been able to create from it. But he was in good, interesting places mm-hmm. uh, and also just put a lot of pressure on their back line. And I thought that from the 70th minute on, it looked like we were going to break through for a couple of goals. Yeah. We only get the one. It's Luke with the nice finish. Good, yeah. good uh, brings the ball in, makes a nice turn, and then straight through two defend- through yeah. a defender in. And the it was a recovery, too. Yep. Which was awesome to see. Yeah. And, I mean, I love the nutmeg of the keeper, too. Yeah. The whole thing. It was great. Uh, nice to see a goal. And I like that our guys said, let's get the ball and get going because we yeah. should win this game. I mean, they didn't go on to win it, but they weren't like celebrating that they had gotten the tie back. No, yeah, they yeah. were. They were still angry and hungry and wanted to get that next goal. And they pressured quite a bit mm-hmm. towards the end. And I thought they might have gotten it, and it just never quite happened. Uh, Charlotte is has got a lot of talented pieces. Like I was saying on the show last week, uh, the Martinez's hate them are annoying but talented. Oh, I hate them. Uh, and I thought that uh, Oduro, obviously with the goal, but besides that, just by being who he is, is a scary player. Uh, ultimately, I think that they were already thrilled with the draw. As soon as we scored, they were like, all right, well, we can hold them here. Great game. And that's the way they should feel. They're third to last place in the table, and they were tied with, you know, the two-time defending champions on the road. That had to have, you know, they were already going to be thrilled with that. And then some laying down and some uh, injury injuries. Quoting. And, uh, quoting and also it started getting a little nasty towards the end of the game. Yeah, it did. 
started getting a little nasty. Dude, we've had a string of that. I, I, we have been underselling this year what it means that we're back-to-back champs. Teams, I agree. Teams yeah. want to give you their absolute best. And I think that people sort of smell blood in the water with us, that we're not a dominant team right now. And you can feel that they want to give us their best and that you sort of want to punch the champ in the mouth. And sometimes that comes out as, uh, you know, as extra aggression. Mm-hmm. And so I think there have been some teams that have maybe said, you know what, let's take that extra chance. Let's go for that extra late tackle. Let's, let's make them earn it. And the refs have mostly been letting them get away with it. And so I think yeah. teams will continue to do it. I'm not even saying specifically that the refs have been bad. Some games they've been bad, some games they've been good, and some games in between. But it seems like there's been a, uh, an ethos of mostly let them play. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're getting sort of beat up, that gets old in a hurry. Niall McCabe is case in point for that. He doesn't put up with it even a little. Um, you know, this was not a... And you don't usually see that... Until playoffs. Playoff games, I feel like the refs are a lot more apt to, you know what, let them play. Yeah. I think part of it is maybe they understand, like, you know, obviously the stakes are higher. Yeah. There's a lot. And I would almost go so far as to say that they understand it's a little bit more entertaining for people. Sure. I mean. Yeah, people don't love stoppage after stoppage after stoppage. And I think that if you are willing to let it go a little bit, then you might start seeing less and less diving. Throughout the course of a game, people yeah. if, if people are going, man, they're not calling that, then you don't just lose your feet just right. to lose your feet. But, I mean, you know, that's game by game and ref by ref. You can't make generalizations about that. What I can make a generalization about is that I do feel like we've been getting everybody's best shot this year. Mm-hmm. And that because of that, uh, it ramps up the intensity of a game almost to a playoff intensity anyway. Yeah. And our guys haven't really risen to meet that yet this year. No. Uh, I think it's in us. I think that there's every possibility that we will. But thus far, eh. Yeah. Eh. Uh, all told, I didn't think anybody, anybody had a great game in this. Mm-hmm. I thought Luke got man of the match. And, you know, when you play 20-ish minutes, it's hard to give somebody a man of the match for 20 minutes. Man of the last half of the second half. Yeah. But, uh, but realistically, I did think he might have played the best of everybody on the field. Magnus was almost... Invisible in this game, which was so strange. They, he got pushed out wide when the subs came on, and he did not look comfortable out wide. It looked like he felt lost out on the wing. Uh, Magnus was almost invisible. Uh, Oscar not a strong game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Toshin Pay, I mean, I'm sorry, Toshin Alexi. They weren't bad, but they weren't called on that much. I mean, Charlotte only really had the ball in our half on five, six occasions throughout the whole game, and the first one of them, they they carved right through us and scored. So I'm not giving them a good game for not having to do much. Right. Uh, And some of the passing was really bad out of the back. It seems like one of those games, and like you said before on on here, uh, we don't know. Yeah. Right? Like, we can (laughs) guess and suggest and all that. We don't know. But it does seem like one of those games that you got to get back to the locker room and Pack is just like, hey, uh, what the hell is that? Right. <laughs> and and maybe that was the case. I sincerely do not know Hacks in the locker room coaching style. It's not a thing I'm aware of. I'll say... You should sneak in there. Uh, I feel like if I phrased it exactly right, I could probably be allowed in, but I imagine that the phrasing would have to include, I'll never speak of this in public. <laughs> um, well... 
so that would not serve us very well. But uh, you know, Heck's general demeanor—he's—he can be very demanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not, in my experience, a you know shut the fuck up and get back to work kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He's more of a almost like intensely disappointed in you when you aren't performing well. It's even worse. Uh, it, it hurts more. <laughs> it's even worse. Uh, I I maintain and continue to maintain that. We're not where we can be yet this year. I'm not prepared to say that that's coaching or injuries or players. I, I don't know what the combination of stuff is. Mm-hmm. And I will, until the until we get there, I'll say, middle of August is where I want to have a judgment made about this team, about, hey, we can go on a run, yeah. or, nope, not going anywhere this year. Yeah. Be happy to make the playoffs and maybe sneak out a win or two. We'll see. This game was, and I can't believe we I didn't realize it until after the game. And I'm, this was Palo's 100th appearance. The Centurion it? appearance. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what's been announced. I haven't gone back and read the, gone back and done any counting or anything. But uh, that's what was announced, and I trust the people who've announced that. So that was a weird way that you just put that. It just means that it came out sort of obscurely. Like I remember before Niles Centurion, there was a ton of talk about it all yeah. week. Like, the week leading up to it, it was like, it's going to be Nile's 100th cap. It's really exciting. Way to go, Nile. This one, it was almost like an afterthought. I didn't see anything about it on social media. Which is unfortunate uh, because, go, like, you get that out to the fans going into a game. Yeah. like that give you a little bit more love for that. Builds a little yeah. bit more to it, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and 100%, I take some of the responsibility for that because it's a little bit my job to make sure that uh, that stuff goes out into the world. So, on, my bro. bad, y'all. Come on, uh, bro. It's a stash. But, uh, the it, stash has made you slow. The stash has ruined so what many is things that? in my life. While, we ha- while we're happy we have this opportunity, yeah. people that listen to this podcast... Notice whenever you come to our side, right? Yeah. And they noticed, undoubtedly, that you have gone a specific way with your facial hair. Yeah, yeah. What's happening? What is that? All right. Uh, complete transparency. I My beard was really itchy the other day. Like, it was just, it was like 96 and humid for an afternoon where I had to be outside the mm-hmm. whole day. And I was miserable and, like, sweating under it and uh, uncomfortable. And I was like, you know, I'm going to trim it and get it back down to a manageable size. And uh, I just kept going. And then uh, out of pure happenstance, I had mentioned to a couple of people in my office that I was thinking about uh, taking it down. And they had joked that I should go to a mustache. And so I just did. And so here we are. And uh, I mean, and I had intended for it to be a one game only kind of a deal. Yeah. Like, hey, I'll wear this Saturday. It'll be funny, and then it'll go away. And then in the back of my mind, I was like, if we win this game handily, I'll have, have to keep, keep it. it. Yeah, sure. absolutely. And so part of me was hoping maybe I got to be stash guy the rest of the year. Wouldn't that be fun? So the inverse of that is, is that, that we didn't play that well, and so it will not exist during our next game. Yeah. Uh, it still exists now because Sunday. I only have one day off in a week, yeah. and so Sunday was my day off, and I didn't move. I, I was on the couch and the bed, and that was about it for the entire day, and so I didn't get it knocked out Sunday. And I grow a very thick brand of facial hair. You, for those of you who don't know, I, love, I mean, most of you know Evan pretty well, but I've known Evan for a long time, and since I've known, known him, he's been able to grow a beard in about an hour. That's, that's roughly accurate. 
uh, I grow a very thick and uh, woolly brand of facial hair yeah. to the point where I can't just like shave this mustache off. No. Like I'm not going to be able to just go after this thing with my, you know, my shick on a random morning. I have to take some time, make some time to do it. And I've been running late all week this week yeah. because I'm still exhausted from this past week. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had some house stuff come up. Unfortunate Uh-oh. leakage in uh, the basement What'd and some do? stuff. It's stuff. We'll go. At, we'll go at that off air. Although, yeah. if any of you are really good at drywall and ceilings, oh, let me know. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, so I, I just never had the exact time to be able to devote to it. And so while it had been intended to be gone by Monday, I still have it, and I will. Uh, I'll be done with it. I'm, I really am planning on getting rid of it tonight before I go to bed. So. Hopefully tomorrow, anybody who sees me, and I have an early, early morning breakfast meeting with a charitable organization, and so I want to get it knocked out. Okay. Get. Yeah, get that thing out of here. Yeah, it deserves to go away. I'm not saying it's your fault. Yeah. We drew. I am a little. I'm just saying that maybe. I'm saying that it's my fault we didn't win. That's yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah, so it is what it is. Uh, ultimately not happy with how the team performed in this game, but better a draw than a loss. And like I say, I thought that the energy was really nice and that the play looked better the last half hour of this game. So hopefully well, we ride that momentum into our got, next one. Yeah, we've got three big games coming up. We do. And my hope is that we're, we were saving our energy for those three big games. Well, I never hope we're saving energy for another game. I hope that they leave everything out on the field. I will say Wait. it is completely possible that they... We're thinking in the back of their minds, we should be able to win this one. Like, taking it for granted a little bit. And uh, they learned their lesson about that. Because you can't take any game or any points for granted. No. Alright, so that concludes our game review. We move on now to the game preview. Which is uh, Indy 11, the LIPAFC, L-I-P-A-F-C, the Louisville Indianapolis Proximity Association Football Contest. When did that start? Like 16th, uh, eight, 17th century? 1894 okay. is the first recorded game. Okay. Now, there are rumors that teams have been playing from those two regions as far back as, like, uh, uh, French cave drawings. Wow. Yeah, but uh, the, the first recorded match where we have newspaper evidence is 1894. Okay. Uh, big, big game, obviously. Yep. There have been some classics. Uh, you can go to hashtag LipaFC. Or Lipafk, or Lipa FC, or Lipa, however you decide to pronounce it, uh, L-I-P-A-F-C, and uh, read some of the great stories that have been developed by fans. Yeah, it's uh, a it's a long and storied history. The greatest rivalry in the history of, if not mankind, at least sport. I mean, yeah, a competition. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So basically, it goes right back to Cain versus Abel. It's like right up there with that. I read a conspiracy theory that that was the actual start of Lippets. Might have been. Either that or Isaac and Ishmael. I can see both. You know, There's an argument for both. Sure. Uh, no, it's... it's. <laughs> I believe Genghis Khan briefly wrote about it. <laughs> I love this stuff. I, mean, I, really do. I, I, I don't, to this day, know who created this. I remember a year and a half ago, people having the conversation about what the rivalry should be called. And nobody being able to come up with anything good. And someone just said, you know what? It's this. Making fun of how we couldn't come yeah. up with anything. And it has stuck. And I love it. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's 
It's great. There's it's a badass great. scarf that uh, Indy is making. Really? That uh, is half purple, half red, and it says Louisville on one side with our logo and Indy on their side with wow. their logo. And in the middle it says Lippa FC. And the in-between of it is a is the map from Louisville to Indy. That's actually pretty big of them. It's a great-looking scarf. That's awesome. And I don't know if Indy 11 made it or one of their supporters made it, but it's pretty freaking sick, and I'd like to get my hands on one. Um, I know that uh, we in the front office have some cool plans for it. Okay. Uh, I can't... I don't know specifically when they're going to start coming out, but we've gotten some help from some friends. And uh, so there might be some good content about days, uh, Lipa so. FC. It, well, yeah. And so, <laughs> but uh, I also am not the person who puts the finishing touches on these things. Who so is? my work, my work is done. Who it. is? I would never throw anyone. <laughs> I mean, Howie is such a nice guy <laughs> that I would never throw Howie specifically under any right. buses. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, there's there's a lot of cool stuff that we're planning and hoping to do before this one, but even more specifically before when they come to us, because this is sort of their Lipa FC, and then when they come to us, we ours. When you talk about the actual game, the uh, I think it was 176th meeting between these two storied franchises <laughs> uh, in the modern era, which modern is era, uh, right. 2015. 2015 begins the modern era of competition between them. Uh, Louisville City has four wins and one draw and two losses mm-hmm. against Indy 11. Uh, the two losses, the first one of those came last year in our first game, in our first loss of the year. Oh, yeah. On Derby Day. Uh, that was our first loss that year. We went like seven and zero yeah. to start the season. Seven zero and one, I think we were when we played them, and lost that game. But we got our revenge in the playoff in our next game against them, where we won two one, and then the last game before the playoffs, we beat them one nil, and then in the first round of the playoffs, we demolished them four one. Yeah. So that's all good. They have beaten us previously also in an Open Cup match mm-hmm. before they were in the USL, and we yep. beat them in an Open Cup match before they were in the in the USL. That's all of the modern era games. This team, however, for Indy 11, is very different animal. Yeah. It's, a, it's a different animal than what we faced last year. There are not a whole lot of familiar faces from last year's team on this team, uh, except that they're all familiar, they just happen to not... Played for Indy last year. Uh, all-time leading USL goal scorer Dane Kelly plays for this team. Last year's Golden Boot runner-up Thomas Innovoldson plays for that team. Ten goal and ten assist man from last year for Louisville City FC. Yeah. Ilya, Ilya Illich plays for that team, although barely plays for that team. Really? Yeah. And uh, that is just the tip of the iceberg. You also have Neville Hackshaw, who a lot of people will remember. Kenny Walker from Cincinnati, who plays for that team. Patty Barrett from Cincinnati. How plays many for appearances that team. has Ilya made for them? I don't know the appearances, but I think that he's. Uh, I think that he's only got one goal in, and that's. Uh, I think. That's an I think. You can check uh, his stats, but I, I believe that he has been uh, not particularly productive. I don't know if that's injury. I don't know if that's... Uh, I don't know what that is, honestly. I just know that when well, I watch them play, he's usually not on the field. And when uh, they score, it's usually not him. You know, when we talked to Niall, yeah. he had a lot to say about that. Yeah. About Il- about Ilya going. And he said... Mm-hmm. He made the specific comment that they don't know what kind of player they're getting. 
Yeah. As in, like, his quality... Was going to be better than they expected. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's strange that he has not seen... Uh, there may be other podcasts and articles that understand the situation better than I, because I've mostly watched Indy 11 highlights this year. I haven't okay. watched a lot of full broadcasts. I think I've only caught two full games of theirs, and uh, I don't remember him being referenced, and I don't remember him being on the field. So there's Weird. that. I know he played in the, the home opener for them. I know that, because I remember checking the box score about it. Um, but, so, I mean, there's firepower on this team. Neville Hackshaw plays on that team, too. Kenny Walker, Ayoza. I mean, you've got a lot of interesting talent on that team. And yet, Tyler Pasher is leading the team in goals. Uh, but their goals have been very evenly distributed. Uh, they are conveniently for us playing right now. They have a game tonight, and they are playing at home tonight against Birmingham. Uh, the last I checked, they were already up 2-0. And if they hold on for the win in that game, they will take over first place in the USL. Oh, wow. They're playing very well. They haven't lost at home in 15 games. They haven't lost at all in several games. Uh, I think their last non... They lost uh, to... They played Pittsburgh back-to-back. They played them in the USL, and then they played them in the Open Cup. Okay. And they split those two, where they lost in the Open Cup, but beat them in the regular season. And that's their last loss. But their last league loss was all the way back in April against New York Red Bulls 2, I believe. And we just saw firsthand how good New York Red Bulls 2 are. Um, They've been really good. I mean, I think that they are... Thir- uh, like thirteen wins, three losses. No, nine wins, three losses, two two ties, something along those lines. Yeah. They've been very good. They're likely to go to first place here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, it's going to be an extremely tough challenge. It's a talented team. Uh, they've got familiar face Evan Newton in goal. They are number one right now. It's if the game ended that way. Or the game has just ended, one or the other. But it would have a little score next to your what you're looking at. Ten wins. Then they've draws, already, then they've already losses, won their game against yeah. Birmingham tonight. So, Oof. they're a good team. Uh, they're in great form. They have a ton of scary pieces. They, I saw, are about 53% possession, which to me means that they probably aren't a possession-based team. They're just better than their opponents and so end up with the ball a lot. Yeah. I mean, to me, a possession-based team is usually closer to the 55-56% range and uh, teams that just happen to be better and so they get the ball are uh, the 51-53 to 53 range. That's, that's anecdotal. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan Newton in goal is a very good goalkeeper. He played for Cincinnati last year. He's been all over the USL and has always been good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a it's top to bottom. It's a good team. Uh, I'm trying to think of a. I'm just gonna say it. They're better than us. Like as currently constituted, how we're playing, how they're playing, yeah. the quality of their players, the quality of our players. I, I think they may just very well be better than us. That doesn't mean that we can't play better than them. And uh, that's frankly, I think, been the key to Louisville City FC's success over the last four and a half Mm -hmm. years has been not that we had the better talent on the field, 
but that we played better. Right. And we have the ability to play better than that team. Yeah. And this would be just such a phenomenal game to come out and make a statement, turn some stuff around. I like that they're playing tonight, so hopefully they uh, blow through some legs yeah. in this game. <clears throat> Ultimately, it's going to take a really nice performance from us. Uh, I'll be curious to see if there are any tactical changes. I like seeing Lucky start the game at the 9 and Luke relieving him. Yeah, I'm still curious about the idea of playing Brian Ownby at the 9 for a little bit of time. Uh, I'm still curious about whether the current back line is our best back line. I don't know if Sean Tosh plays in this game. If you assume Paco and uh, Alexi get the start in the midfield and the, I mean in the center backs and then Oscar as always and Taylor probably again out on the right. Yeah. Uh, I am always intrigued by the idea of playing Pat McMahon more than we do just because he's generally speaking ridiculously solid. Not ridiculously talented, just he's where he's supposed to be. He's not going to make glorious overlapping runs into the opponent's half, but he's also not going to get beat down the wing. And if he does get beat down the wing, he just takes the guy down. He's like, you know what, never mind. He's super consistent. He's always been just super consistent, which is something that, you know, I think we lose focus of sometimes. It's easy to see a player and judge a player, and consistency is, I don't think, it's brought up. Sometimes underrated. Yeah. But I think that when we start talking about our favorites, like our favorite players, yeah, guys, especially guys that have been the core of our championship success, we're starting to talk about guys who are not fleet of foot. Uh, when you go Paolo, Nile, Paco, Oscar, Pat McMahon, that's... Yeah. Especially if you've got George out there at the same time, you're not looking at a very swift no. roster. Uh, Alexi's perfectly athletic enough to do all this. Obviously, Brian Ormby <coughs> is as athletic as athletic as it gets. Lucky is a dynamo. Mm-hmm. But if the lineup you run out has seven guys who are not and three guys who are, when you're playing against a top-notch side, you lose something athletically, and you have to be clicking like a machine. Yeah. To overcome that athletic disadvantage, and this team can, but you're you're hoping we find that blend mm-hmm. of a ways to get Lucky Brian, maybe Napo on the field all at the same time, yeah. uh, ways to get Speedy Williams back in the game, just because he's such a freak of endurance and forever yeah. metronoming in the midfield. I'd love Paolo to seem like he got his full. Uh, Paloness back. Yeah, all of that Palo essence. Yeah, and it's not there yet. Uh, I don't feel like he's controlling a midfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like he, the game's still coming to him a little bit instead of him going out and taking it. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, this particular game, India has, as of tonight, only given up nine goals in fifteen matches, Jesus. and they have scored twenty three. Which is not an enormous scoring record, but it's a little better than ours, mm-hmm. and it's not, and it's a very, very, very good uh, defensive record. I think it's going to be hard for us to come across goals in this game. We didn't score in Indy last year in a one-nil loss. Uh, we remember back to Paolo's infamous, I mean Paco's infamous non-handball mm-hmm. call. Um, 
that field is weird bounces and uh, it's it's not a fun field to play on. It's the vertigo field because of all of the football lines. Yeah. God, I hate that field. Yeah, it's not a fun place to watch a soccer game. I love Lucas Oil Stadium. Full disclosure, I'm an enormous Indianapolis Colts fan, but uh, not not a fan of Indy 11's whole vibe. Um, it's it's gonna be a really tough game. I think that a win could really give us a nice shot in the arm before we play Ottawa and Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, a loss, honestly, I don't feel like a loss does much to us at this point. I think I the guys think are either. currently feeling a little bleh. Yeah. And I think just a loss to a, the first place team on the road doesn't make you feel more bleh than that. You can't go out and get blown out. Like We can't afford like a 4-1 loss. No. In terms of our mentality. But I think you go out and you compete and you lose, <clears throat> you lose that game one nothing or 2-1. Yeah. And you just go, well, sometimes you lose a game lose to a good team on the road. Yeah. But a win could really give us a shot in the arm, and that would be very nice. I, I think that, though, it's one of the weird, weird games where I would feel really good coming out with a draw. Mm-hmm. I think if we could get a 1-1 kind of game out of this, I'd feel like, hey, all right. That's a t- good result against a tough team. It, it very much reminded me of the Tampa game earlier this yeah. year. Which, if we remember back, the Tampa game sent us on a nice little four-game run then. Uh, and we could use that now. So be, getting a point against really good competition on the road, there's nothing to be ashamed of in that. Mm-hmm. So I would be thrilled with a draw. A win, I'd be over the moon. Like That would be a real statement win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and a loss, I would be completely. I, you never. I never like watching my team lose. It's painful. It sucks. I'll be rooting for them the whole game. I'll be furious with them when they give up goals. I'll be thrilled for them when they score. But I won't. At this time next week, I won't feel like, what the fuck happened? Right. If we lose a tight one. Right. If we get yeah. blown out, then I'll start. I'll start at least acknowledging alarm bells from people. Right now, I'm still, anytime anybody tries to be like, man, it hadn't been good, I really give them the, you you don't know what you're talking about. And even if you do know what you're talking about, you're being an alarmist. Yeah. If we get blown out this game, it might be, I, I, will, I will at least listen to arguments. How about that? That's reasonable. Yeah. I'm I, nothing if not. I do not think we will get blown out. Neither do I. I really don't. Um... As a matter of fact, if you're going to ask me for a prediction, we have a tendency to play really well against really good teams. Yeah. We do. We've always been like that. Historically, yeah. Um, so this is what I'm going to do. My prediction is going to be 60% draw. Okay. Wow. You're really hedging your bets here. 40% win. Wow. 0% loss. I did the math for you. Thank you. So you think we're more likely to draw, but you think we're more likely to win than to lose. Yeah. Okay. I do. Okay. What would your winning scoreline look like? I don't know. Okay. I'll tell you this. I think this game ends 2-1. And I'm not giving you a winner. I think this game ends 2-1. I mean, it's going to be, like, it would be tight. Yeah. I hope. I expect it to. I mean, I hope we win 6 nothing. 
But you know. Oh yeah, I mean, if we go out there and just destroy and just dominate, that them, would feel really good. Like if their players walk off the field crying. Yeah. Right. Well, sure, but wouldn't it be great? And we have talked ad nauseum about how we'll eventually have that game where we blow somebody out and yeah. just blow the doors off of them. And about how we've had some tough breaks and some unlucky bounces. Wouldn't it be amazing if this was the game where everything just fell exactly just fell right? Place for us, like yeah. deflections were going our way and bounces were going our way. Somebody makes handballs. <coughs> somebody makes a handball <laughs> randomly. Somebody makes a stupid tackle from behind that they weren't even thinking yeah. about and gets sent off. We get like two penalty kicks <laughs> and, and they go two men down. Yeah, and we just beat the living crap out of them, that would be so much fun. That would fit handsomely into the annals of Lippa FC oh, yeah. history. Yeah. Uh, much like the game in uh, 1958. So, a classic game. Yeah, that one uh, That one was... Who can forget a 14-1 to one stomp? Not right? me. I never will. <laughs> I never will forget. I, I have that game... <laughs> I have that game on Betamax. I mean, you never forget when a player catches fire on the field, right? <laughs> Actually caught fire. Now, to be fair, he didn't catch fire. He was lit on fire. He was fire. lit on fire. Uh, that was, for the record, for all of you Lou City fans who have been petitioning the front office to be able to bring flares into the games, yeah, this is that's why. why you can't. That's where that comes from. Little known fact, that's where that comes from. All right. Um, goal scorer, you got one? Um, outside of the huge. Man, I'm going to go... No, you know what? Lucky. Lucky Kosana with a goal. I would really Lucky. like that. I think uh, I think that we are very likely to get that Brian Ombi breakthrough tonight. I think that the length of that field is nice for it. Because it's a full 120, feet, uh, full 120 yards. Yeah. I think uh, the length pans out nicely for him. And uh, yeah, I, I like Enough it. room for, it, for him to hit top speed. Agreed. So we'll see. Well, maybe. We nobody nobody's ever clocked it's it. True. So we should find that out. He's still accelerating 120 <laughs> yards later. <laughs> Just never stops accelerating. Yeah. Um. All good. All good. We'll, we'll hope that that happens. Um. Let's have a little bit of purple stuff. How How do you like your purple stuff? Uh, let's. This was a new purple other. stuff for Evan. It is. Uh, it's a good ratio of the one thing to the other thing. Okay. The one thing to the other thing is pretty good. I did not enjoy it. You didn't see. I, I like the uh, the tartness of yeah. it with the uh, the full bodiness okay. of it. So I actually enjoyed that. This. Came back from Nashville. <laughs> well then, f it with us. Okay, good to know. Because we had our our first in, our, our first anniversary there. Yeah, was in Nashville, and so. The Airbnb we stayed at had a wonderful gift basket. That had that well, in. that's so nice. It was adorable. Oh, if you ever Airbnb your house, gift baskets, man, they go a long way. They really do. You want that five-star rating, don't worry about fixing your air conditioner. Leave a gift basket. Get that gift basket. Love it. Uh, purple stuff. Yeah. Uh, first, let's start with a little bit of both Scouse's House and Lee, and the U.S. Lou City News. Okay. You and I were both at the we were. Uh, leadership meeting between uh, the front office of Lou City and the Scouse's House and the Coopers. 
I thought it was a productive meeting, man. I thought it was a very productive meeting. I think that everybody can uh, feel pretty confident that you're going to see some good stuff coming out from both uh, supporters groups and a real spirit of cooperation, it sounds yeah. like. So, the what we've decided on is that there needs to be... And the way that we put it in the meeting, I thought was perfect. We need to start blurring some of the lines between us. Because we're all there for the same reason. Right? Robin, Robin Thicke. Kind of. Uh, God, we should. I wonder if he would come and perform at your tailgate. Yeah, but yeah. a song that's a little less rapey. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It really is kind of rapey. I don't it's, wanna, not, yeah. it's not good. Yeah. Um, so there was talk of tailgates being a little bit more in proximity and a little bit more involved. But the big thing to me, the Nashville game. Yeah. Our next home game. Yeah. Everybody knows the Coopers march to the match, right? They do. The national home game, there will be a solid representation from Scouse's house marching with them. I think that's great. So the Coopers flag will be flying right next to the Scouse's house flag, and we will march with them. And it is the perfect way to start down that road of cooperation because together, those two the two supporters groups can do amazing things because yep. we're all cheerleaders for our club for our boys that we love, for the mm -hmm. team that we love, in the city that we love. That's why we're there. And I think, and it, you know, we all came to the conclusion that that was the stepping stone into getting there. I love it. I so love that's it. what we're doing. So if you, if you have, you know, a lot of us get to the match, we do the tailgate. Um, a lot of, some of us get to the match right before the match. A lot of us get to the match probably like 30 minutes before the match. Um, we encourage you, Jared. Uh, we very much encourage you, Isaac, <laughs> to not roll in during the national anthem. No. Okay. Get there early. We'll have organize. A, have a beer. Have a hot dog. And then let's let's get the get the flag and join the Coopers, and we will march together. Well, I mean, and I think, I, and I said in the meeting that I think that it's it's a good thing that it's two separate organizations, and that there's real value that both organizations provide, and it's important that they both exist. And not just for where you sit, but also for sort of the attitude portrayed by the different organizations. I think it's good. I strongly encourage anybody who's listening, and amazingly, I know there are some who are listening to this who aren't a member of either, to join, and not just to join as in, like, let me go to the tailgate, let me go sit with those guys. Really join the organizations. They yeah. do a lot of really nice charitable work. They spend their own hard-earned money to put on tailgates to uh, buy merchandise, to spend money on smoke, on drums, on uh, flags for Scouse's House. Yeah. I mean, there's there's real expenses, and you get a little bit of swag for it, and they have little members-only events, yeah. uh, but uh, it really helps you to show your support. So I encourage everybody who can join one of these groups, go out and join one, because you, whether you know it or not, if you're a Lou City fan, you are benefiting from what they are doing because they help create the environment that makes the game so great. Yeah. And uh, so you are benefiting from it every day. And I think some people just sort of take it for granted, and that is really hard. The amount of time and effort that the supporters groups put into doing their thing, mm -hmm. it is brutally difficult. And the leadership groups, I know because I did it last year, and I'm telling you that the leadership groups put in a lot of hours where they could probably be with their family or doing a better job of their jobs or being better <laughs> friends. And instead they're they're, you know, they're painting TIFOs and they are 
organizing charity events and is really hard to do or just inventing new chants and recording podcasts and all the stuff that goes into creating a supporter culture Mm -hmm. so if you aren't supporting the supporters with your uh, with your presence I mean with your hard-earned dollars then maybe at least consider doing so with your presence at the tailgates at the marches I know that we've talked a little bit about uh, maybe trying to have a nice little friendly competition of sorts whether it be three-a-side soccer whether it be cornhole tournament on a very nice board I mean any number of darts being involved is so much more important than anybody ever takes the time to expect. Yeah, I love Louisville City FC so much that I changed my entire life around to come and work for them. And I did that because of what I felt every game day, about how I wanted other people to get to, to, get to feel that. And I wouldn't if the supporters groups didn't do the things that they do. And uh, I was always proud to support them with my money and my time and effort. And if you're listening and you love the if you love the team enough to be listening to this mm-hmm. and you don't love the team enough to help create that environment with your time, dollars, and effort, then I don't know what, how to help you. That was a little bit more ranty than I wanted it That's to okay. be. A little more preachy. You preachy? I know. What? It's unusual for me. Crazy. But no, it was a good meeting, uh, and I liked that we talked a lot about how to how the the two. Supporters groups can complement one another. We talked about like end-to-end cheers, which yeah. might be fun. Uh, and then a lot of little stuff that goes into game day experiences and about what people want to see for next year. Yeah. I'm still, every single day, I get phone calls and emails about stadium stuff. And every time I'm just like, Are you the stadium? I don't know how everybody everywhere isn't just talking about it all the time. Uh, Like, if you live in Louisville and you're coming (coughs) from the north, I mean, from the south side of town and you're taking 71 in, I don't know how to help you. If you drive by it and you don't just want to talk about it, like, did you see that today? I did. It was awesome. Um, All kinds of good stadium news coming out. I was in the sort of timeline meeting about the stadium today, Mm. and uh, all kinds of good nuggets, information. You are super close to being able to buy your tickets, especially if you're a current season ticket holder. Oh. You are, I mean, start if you haven't started putting your little uh, little piggy bank aside, frankly, you won't have to break that piggy bank to get in, but, you know, you don't want to bypass your first chance mm-hmm. and then go back into the general pool and have to wait around and then hope. So... Make the make the concessions you've got to make now. Maybe skip that latte for a couple of days next week because you are coming right up on Oof. on getting that fun email and phone <laughs> call saying you in and because we want you to be in. And if you're again listening to this podcast and you're, you're not already planning on it, yeah, I hard to believe. And there, there, <laughs> there's, but there could be some person who randomly comes across it this week for the first time, yeah. like, oh, what is this? Yeah. Which is one of the reasons we do this. It is one of the reasons, because while most of the podcasts and the radio addresses and the articles that we all share with one another about Lou City and the subreddits and the tweets, Mm -hmm. most of it is preaching to the choir. You know how you get the choir to sing? By preaching to them. So, you know, let's let's keep that choir singing. Uh, And I love it. So... 
couple of other bits. You want to go read Andrew Oost's article about yeah. NWSL and why it would be a great idea to bring a women's team to uh, Louisville and why it should be happening. I have no comment, but I'll say that you should go read the article because A, Andrew Oost is a bad mother. He's a great writer. And B, because it's just really good stuff. You can find it on the Cooper's website. It also got picked up by Inside Louisville, so, you know, go go read it. Um, let's see here. Other news and notes. There isn't a whole lot, frankly. We were on the, we're very much in the middle of the season kind of, kind of time. Yeah. Uh, Lou City Camp just ended the yep. second of four. If your kids want to attend Lou City Camps, you can still go online and register at LouisvilleCityFC.com backslash camps. And, uh, yeah, get your kid out there. They can hang out with Lou City stars and staff yep. and me. Uh, and the mustache will be gone. So, no, no, so you feel safer. No, no fears on that front. Um, all right. Uh, I don't have much else. Is there any Scouse's House news? That was it. Andy, you making the trip up to Andy this weekend? I cannot. You cannot. How's the uh, studying going? It's going. Yeah? Yeah. You feel like you're ready for your big test? I will be ready. For we it. have spoken before on our podcast yes. about Andy te- taking a big test. Andy, how did that one go? That one went pretty well. And you I passed. Got, I passed it, yeah. And now you've got, you're on to the next level. Yeah. And you're going to be taking that test soon to become a master. No. A master. No. God, no. No. Not a master. No. A adequate. Certified. Uh, okay. Uh, an adequately certified <laughs> So mostly Andy just looks for tests that require him to drink a lot of alcohol. Well, yeah. A lot of purple stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just smart. That's tough. Chosen to live my life. <laughs> none of my tests require me to do that. It's no. frustrating. So. Oh, well. All right. Oh, last, last bit. Um, power soccer. If you are going up to Indy, if you are considering going up to Indy, get there early. You can go on the Lou City website. You can go on Lou City social media of any kind and look up information about the the Louisville City FC Power Soccer Team, which is the electric wheelchair team. And uh, they are playing in a game against the team sponsored by Indy 11 in a grudge match wheelchair soccer game. Uh, at 5 p.m. on Saturday, so you'll be able to catch that and then walk straight back over to the tailgate. Yeah. Uh, come on out, cheer on our uh, power soccer team, and have a really nice time supporting a group of people who sometimes don't get all the support that they need. Uh, I know that they'll be offering some fundraising stuff, and any way that you can contribute to all that would be greatly appreciated. It is a brutally expensive sport, in yeah. what is already a brutally expensive lifestyle. Yeah. So uh, please support them either verbally or financially if you can. Uh, I will be at that game cheering on uh, the, the team in purple. So everybody, come on out and join us. If you're already making the trip up to Indy, there's no excuse to skip the other Louisville City FC team, which is our power soccer team. I'm glad I remembered that. That yeah. was close. You got yeah. anything else now? No. You're out. That's it. All right. Well, I've got nothing else. Uh, Andy's got nothing else. So we're going to call it an afternoon. Uh, Yeah.
We can only oh, ever in think an afternoon, an evening. Sorry, man. You know what's it's, it's been a really long. <laughs> yeah, but they don't. It could okay. have been two in the afternoon. I don't want to lie don't. to them. It is currently nine forty-six p.m. on Wednesday night. Yeah. All right, uh, but I can only think of one way to end a podcast. Uh, it's the best way to end any podcast. And it's by saying, "Go, Go City." city.